Super dope. Hey, what's up? Happy Wednesday. It is currently Wednesday morning. Uh, what time is it? Uh, it's almost 3. It's like 2.47. So um, I've been trying to decompress a little bit from the presidential debates. I'm sure I will um, talk to you about that more in a moment. However, let me give you like a more proper intro first. Uh, this is part of my monthly conversations, uh, or like the series of monthly conversations that I have with Anthony Gramulia from CBR.com, uh, anime feminist, uh, a, a billion different websites that he writes for. Um, we try to get together once a month. We do a live stream on YouTube. Typically, if you're not subscribed, go do that. YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. And we talk about a, like a big kind of umbrella Dragon Ball specific topic. Um, this month, we uh, opened up some suggestions to you, our friends, and we did that by way of making a Facebook group called Roshi's Secret Stash. Link in the show notes. Because, you know, everyone's always about his porno, but never about his memes or his weed. So go join the group, and uh, we'd love to have you participate in the conversation. But we got some great suggestions on general Dragon Ball topics for Ant and I to discuss and uh, today we're going to be talking about Goten and Trunks and how they're super underutilized and super, see how I did that, super underutilized and super, um, and maybe what they can do to sort of course correct, um, you know, as the series continues here, um, assuming, you know, they ever make it out of this 10 year time period between the end of Boo and the end of Z. So, um... Yeah, if you have suggestions on things you'd like to hear me and Ant talk about, um, go join the Facebook group, Roshi's Secret Stash. We got some awesome suggestions, um, some of which, uh, just briefly, uh, how to incorporate Super Saiyan 4 into uh, the Dragon Ball canon, um, Vegeta getting his own arc and going to Planet Sadala, um, Old Broly versus New Broly, uh, talk about Dragon Ball Multiverse. Um, the end of Dragon Ball Z and why it's great. I think I might have accidentally accidentally um, engineered that one myself. Do an episode about Piccolo and uh, how to reincorporate him back into the storyline as the guardian of Earth. Maybe he kind of takes over for Dende. I don't know. Some very cool open-ended suggestions. So if you have some, uh, go join that Facebook group. If you're not on Facebook, um, there are other social media um avenues to contact us instagram uh at db super dope twitter at db super dope one you can email us and that's db super dope at gmail.com there you go if you don't subscribe to us on facebook uh maybe you should um on october 11th i should be doing i don't know if it'll be live i'm gonna say that it'll, it'll be live i'll be doing live podcast with um SS Goshen 4, uh, one of the most prolific Dragon Ball collectors on YouTube. If you don't know her, go check out her page. Go check out her ridiculous collection. Um, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've become a little bit tighter. I interviewed her on the show probably about a almost two years ago now. It, it was a while ago. Um, good conversation, but I want to talk with her specifically about vintage Dragon Ball collecting and the differences in the stuff that you saw released in Japan versus the stuff that was released in the uh, in the states in the '90s, and 
the different countries that it came from, the different variations of it. There's a lot to know about that stuff. And uh, if you don't find it interesting, I fucking do. So we're going to do an episode about it. Uh, we're aiming for October 11th. So um, that should be a live YouTube thing. Go subscribe youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Um, the next few minutes are probably going to get a little political. So if you need to fast forward, it'll probably be like five minutes. Actually, more like 10 minutes. Davey, 504. I'll let the um, acoustic intro- introduction music run a little bit long for you. So that way you know, oh shit, this is where I, I needed to fast forward to. And now I can not have to listen to Kyle complain about politics. So I'm doing this again, as I said at the top. Uh, it's almost 3 a.m. And uh, trying to decompress from the debate. So if you go into this debate tonight uh, without your mind made up, I'm genuinely curious to talk to you. (laughs) I don't think there's anyone going into this debate uh, without their mind made up and who they're going to vote for. Um, However, I have seen this debate be the uh, final straw for several people on um, them not deciding to vote for either major party and deciding instead to vote for uh, libertarians. Uh, Joe, uh, what the fuck, Jorgensen? What a stupid sounding last name, Jorgensen. It's a name you read, but don't say out loud. Sounds like a motherfucking alien or somebody who maybe lives in a sewer. Jorgensen. Any Homestar Runner fans out there? Jorg. That sounds like a fucking thing like Coach Z would say on Homestar Runner. Um, so now, like I said, if you, uh, went into watching the debate tonight without your mind made up, that's weird. Um, I want to say two things. Okay. Almost at the very end of the debate, if you can hear the rain outside, it's cause I'm going for that natural ambiance. I don't know if you can hear it. Maybe you can. At the end of the debate, Chris Wallace, very plainly, Chris Wallace, by the way, a Fox news, uh, you know, moderator, host, whatever you want to call him. Um, He's a Fox News dude. He's like very much in that fucking propaganda machine. Asked Trump point blank, would you denounce white supremacy? And then uh, Biden kind of chimed in with like specifically the Proud Boys. And Trump said, what do you want me to say? (laughs) Like, I don't know, dude, we just told you what what we wanted you to say, but... What we want you to say is you denounce white supremacists or you denounce the Proud Boys. And just point one, above all, he could not bring himself to do that because he knows that it will cost him votes. What he decided to say instead was what I'll tell them is stand down and stand by. By do we. Within an hour, the Proud Boys made this their new motherfucking slogan. No joke. Go check it out. Okay, I'm out. And the standby comment is sort of highlighted extra for me because earlier in the debate, he implored his supporters to go, um, I think it was watch the poll places. He's literally encouraging his supporters to bring their big fucking guns to their polling places. To what? Like, make sure no fucking ballot fraud is taking place? Is that what the guns are for? No. It's to make people not want to go vote in person. All right, so that's the first thing I'll say. 
bare fucking minimum, dude could not even denounce white supremacists and Nazis. If you're still considering voting for him after that, I'd rather you never fucking listen to my goddamn show again. Word. Word. Point two. I saw a lot of people decide that this was like the straw that broke the camel's back somehow and now they have to vote libertarian <laughs> all right i can understand uh your frustration with the two-party system and i recall these exact same sort of memes and uh you know thoughts uh, kind of um floating out there in the social a- media atmosphere in 2015 uh 2016 I get the disenfranchisement. It's super real. How couldn't it be given the state of our country right now and where we are and how much we all hate each other? That is so very much a legitimate concern. So instead of the Green Party this time, it's the Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party is a very memeable party. In my opinion, and by memeable, I mean they have ideas that can be shared very quickly through very um, limited communication. Like literally a fucking picture on Facebook. We know the libertarians support what? They support uh, gay marriage, they support legalizing marijuana, and they support uh, Second Amendment rights. Those are all so good on their face. And uh, things that we all should strive to protect as Americans. Yeah, we should. There is no reason that you wouldn't want to sign up for those three things in a political party. If you had to make a Venn diagram of the things that you could say you support that would fit on a fucking graph of your Facebook friends, I bet you those three things would cover most of your friends. The libertarian thing this year is the political fucking cop-out, okay? It's so GD frustrating. So Jorgensen, right? Jorgensen. I just want to point out everyone became aware of this person all within the same, what, two weeks, roughly. It's almost like a bunch of people pumped in a bunch of sponsored memes into Facebook to make them aware of this person all within the same week. Just pointing that out. Um, Listen. On its face, legal weed, legal gay marriage, Second Amendment rights are all great. When you get down to what libertarianism is actually about... It's about everything basically being controlled or corrected or or fixed or whatever by the free market. Today, I told somebody that the libertarian's idea of unfettered capitalism is not a good thing for this country because you would say goodbye to things like the minimum wage, uh, health insurance, uh, workers unions uh, a lot of different things that we have worked as a country over the last 200 years to to gain for our workers the libertarian party is the political equivalent of asking for a reset but they want a reset with no rules unfettered capitalism would mean capitalism without rules capitalism without rules kind of is like basically the same exact thing as the free market it's not my fault if you don't understand synonyms by a fucking thesaurus if you don't understand the political ramifications of what the libertarian party would look to do should they ever have an opportunity to sniff the fucking presidency 
That's not my problem. That's yours. Read a motherfucking book. This is the way that I equated it to somebody earlier. But the only way that I was able to equate this to them like this, Christ, that was a confusing sentence. Basically, somebody said to me today, hey, bro, voting for Biden or Trump or Jorgensen, fucking Jorgensen. The, <laughs> it's like he, the way that he equated it to me was, would you rather raw dog a chick with, and this is going to get real raw, so would you rather raw dog a chick with AIDS, HIV, or the clap? All right. Would you, Mr. or Miss, I, I know we have some ladies, would you rather get down with a person with full-blown AIDS, HIV, or the clap? All right, I'll give you a couple seconds. Think about it. So what I said was, I'll take the clap every single time. The reason being, I can go to this place called Planned Parenthood and get a penicillin shot that'll cure the pus coming on my dick. So yeah, I guess I'll take the shot on the girl with the clap. HIV and AIDS, on the other hand, really no cure for those. That's when I was informed that I had actually misunderstood the metaphor that this person was trying to go for. And I'm not going to name names. He's a good friend of mine. Maybe he's somebody who's in Roshi's secret stash as an admin right now. Who knows? But what I said to him was, I just wanted to make sure you knew that there are no cures for AIDS or HIV. You can get a shot of penicillin for the clap at a place called Planned Parenthood. Basically the same thing I said to you. He said, that's my point. Jojo is the one with the clap. LOL. None are perfect answers. She's just the best option. <sighs> okay. So here's my response. This is the big fucking lead up to this whole thing. And I, I just was so like annoyed with that answer that I don't know from the angry, you know, comedy gods up top. This is what came out of my thumbs very suddenly. He said, that's my point. Jojo is the one with the clap, LOL. None are perfect answers. She's just the best option. And I responded with, no. Jojo is the girl who tells you she'll suck your dick clean off with the best BJ in the world and makes plans to come over to your house next Thursday. Even though she knows she's going to be in fucking Hawaii on Thursday morning because she's actually... Nowhere near close to sucking your dick. Or being the president. Stop simping for a girl who ain't ever gonna be close enough to suck your dick. Biden is the clap. You can vote again in four years because you know the dude respects the, institute, the institution enough to transfer power to the next guy. Trump literally told his people to go, quote, watch the polls on election tonight, on election day tonight to intimidate people. He doesn't respect democracy. He's the AIDS of America. Okay. 
So JoJo is the girl in Hawaii that you met on the internet in a chat room who is never going to fly out to suck your dick. All right. So stop. Stop simping for Joe. You're literally throwing a rope in a fucking trash barrel. For what? <laughs> for your principles? I, I don't think your principles are really all that principled given that you can't even fucking read enough to know that the free market and unfettered capitalism are basically the same thing. Again, go buy at the source, Kenny. <sighs> Whoops, did I say somebody's name? All right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let the acoustic song run a little bit long so that way people who fast forward through my political tirades, rants, is tirades a word? It might not be. Tirades. Noun. A long, angry speech of criticism or accusation. Tirade. Totally a word. OMG. Davey 504. Uh, for the people who fast forwarded through my political bullshit, I'm going to let the uh, acoustic song run a little long. So just bear with us, listener. Um, and yeah, enjoy this conversation with me and Ant uh, about Goten and Trunks. Because, you know, if I don't talk about a fucking 30 year old cartoon once a week with one of my friends on the internet, I'll fucking lose my brain because the world is going very quickly to absolute shit. All right, uh, super dope. Love y'all. Subscribe, rate, blah, 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 blah. Apple Podcast and Spotify. If you don't like it, then you can go fuck yourself. Super dope. I bet you thought you were going to skip some political bullshit, didn't you? Nope. Here's another tirade. If you're in the state of Pennsylvania, make sure you fill out your mail-in ballots appropriately. Put them in the secrecy ballot. Otherwise, that shit might get tossed in the mail. I mean, the trash. Already doing fucking studies, man. 4% of black people's ballots are getting tossed in the trash, while 1% of white people's ballots are getting tossed in the trash. Isn't that strange? It's actually not that strange. It's, it's actually called voter suppression because they're very afraid of you. Get the fuck out there and vote. Go vote, you fucks. super dope my name is kyle thank you for checking this out once a month we do a live stream on the youtube if you're not subscribed to us it's youtube.com slash dragon ball super dope go do that now uh once a month i get together with my friend anthony gramulia from comicbookresources.com and a million other websites a very accomplished writer recently uh. engaged as of this weekend congratulations my friend uh, thank you thank you it's it's exciting it's it's very exciting thank you so much Yo, uh, there's is a some... story behind it, but it's too much to babble about here. Well, you you told me the story prior to us hit and record, and it's it's, mm. it's heartwarming, and I'm happy that uh, uh you've had this positive, great memory made over the last few days, and for whatever reason, you've chosen to cap off this beautiful weekend with me talking about Dragon Ball <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, we fair, Dragon Ball stuff. I'm down for anytime. Doesn't yeah, matter what. I'm Dragon, good with it. You know what I always say to people is that. Dragon Ball fucking rules. So oh, yeah. here we are talking about Dragon Ball. Um, for those who are listening, you've been longtime listeners uh, last couple years or whatever. You'd know that in the early days, we were very big with the use of Facebook. Then one day, the Weeb Wars happened and the Nazis got the page taken down. Mm. Have been kind of skittish on trying to go back to Facebook ever since. But 
uh, we did start a Dragon Ball group uh, in the last couple of days, um, and it's called Roshi's Secret Stash. Um, everyone always talks about you know his secret porno stash, but never about his weed stash or his, his meme stash. So that group aims to correct that great injustice. Uh, Roshi's Secret Stash on Face Group. Face Group. Roshi's <laughs> Secret Stash on Facebook. Uh, that's the name of the group. Um, so you can even find the site. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, with with the the topic suggestions that you and I have been covering, like we've got a running list of topics in our head that we talk about sometimes, and mm. you know, but we we wanted to kind of open it up to to more people and get some more suggestions from you know just outside of our two brains. So that's right. The the four hour live stream talking about every costume Bulma has ever worn sadly will be delayed. I'm very yeah. sorry. Yeah, talk we're gonna, two children instead. We're <laughs> gonna put that one off for this month, man. But I'll talk about Bulma's costumes and the. I'll do that all day, every day. I'll like get a PowerPoint no, no. presentation made up. Um, put some cosplayers in here to discuss how the different fabrics for everything were. Actually, that'd be actually really cool idea. Actually, be a great, <laughs> be a great excuse for me to try to talk to a cosplay girl. That's for sure. No, no. Um, so we opened up the suggestions to the group and said, "Hey, uh, what would you guys like to hear us talk about?" We got a ton of good suggestions. Um, so it, I say all of that is a long way to say, if you want to make your suggestions heard, uh, jump in on this group. Uh, make sure you go check it out, Roshi's Secret Stash on the Facebook, so that way you can give us your, you know, Dragon Ball suggestions that you want us to talk about. Uh, Christopher Wade jumping in the chat. What up, gang? What up, Christopher Wade? I'll oh, he's tell you awesome. What's up. Is he? Oh, is he a friend of yours? Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's always animation. bringing the people. Always bringing the people. Um, yeah, he's into animation. He's excellent. So we got the suggestion. It was actually the last suggestion that was given to us. And it's something that I realized that once I got the suggestion, once it was suggested to us from my buddy Jason, um, I realized it's something that I could probably rant about pretty readily, almost immediately off the top of my head. Uh, and that is the underutilization or the lack of use uh, of the characters of Goten and Trunks in Dragon Ball Super. And um, I don't know, I I've definitely yelled about it for, you know, three to five minute spurts at a time over the last couple of years. But it's something that definitely bothers me and many fans in this fandom um, because they started off as such, you know, cool, fun little badasses in Dragon Ball Z and just were eventually relegated to a nothing role in Super. Um, well, how do you feel about uh, Goten and Trunks? In terms, How did you feel about them in Dragon Ball Z? Let's start there. Mm, yeah. I think it's a good idea to start with them. Um, Goten and Trunks are interesting characters because I, th I feel like Goten has far less baggage on him than Trunks does. Okay. Because our first introduction to Trunks is really in uh, during the, the Android and Cell saga. You know, he's this... We see him as a fully matured uh, badass, essentially. Okay. He comes in from the future, like this whole Terminator subplot, basically, um, you know, future, hardened warrior, tough relationship with his father because he never really knew him. Uh, he has a strange relationship with everyone around him because he's like, you know, you guys all like the heroes who I knew, who my mom told me about, but now you're dead. There's this divide there, and he has to kind of get to know everyone as a person rather than as a name or as a legacy character to him. So when we get to Trunks and Boo, we see Trunks as a kid. And on one hand, there is that element of um, edginess and confidence that we see that his father represents as well. Um, but I feel like we never really got... I feel like every, everything Trunks did as a kid immediately was compared to Trunks as a hardened badass from the future. 
he always he never was able to as a kid escape the shadow of his former self in the previous season and that's very problematic because because while trunks from the future was such a major character in his arc kid trunks was always a very he was auxiliary he was kind of an auxiliary character to his father and to go to goten goten was a little easier i think because goten he was introduced you know this season there is no baggage there is no future goten who come comes back from you know from the android saga so he was his own character and goten really was what you'd expect goku's kid to be i feel like in every sense of the word whereas gohan was his own unique character goten really felt like goku's kid what you'd expect goku his goku's kid to be like which is funny considering goku was not alive for any of his childhood until the Buu saga yeah it's kind of funny the way that the goten um you know the natural qualities uh, of his character just replicate goku so well even though goku like you said wasn't around for him being a child i thought that it was just a blatant like seeing goten introduced as a character when i first watched that in dragon ball z I assumed that it was a, um, you know, a pretty blatant attempt to just have a little Goku around again while still having the ability to, you know, still use adult Goku, um, sort of like reset the clock a little bit for the fandom. But then, you know, they go on to do that exact mm. same thing that I just outlined for Dragon Ball GT, um, you know, 100 or whatever episodes later uh, when Dragon Ball Z ends. Mm. What I think, I think the most interesting part of what we um mm-hmm. I think the most interesting part of what you just started down the road of is the expectation for trunks and how trunks as future trunks is like the epitome of a badass he shows up chops frieza in half and we know he's a super saiyan he's the second super saiyan we see um we know he's vegeta's kid so there's that air of badass about him as well um there's so many good things going for future trunks and then when we see him again after that three-year jump when the androids happen, um, it's pretty much inevitable that uh, Baby Trunks, due to the timeline, uh, is going to be a, a person that is in the um, the equation. You don't really think about it too much and how these two characters do or don't interact. It's cool to see it again happen uh, when it happens in Dragon Ball Super to see you know seven, eight-year-old Trunks interact with future Trunks. Um, mm. But I think... You're right. Little Kid Trunks never stood a chance. I mean, he has this impossible bar to live up to that was previously set by Future Trunks. And he's also had the benefit of having, you know, not grown up in a hellscape and living with both of his parents. Like, he's got every reason to be like a stupid, happy-go-lucky, careless kid and not that scared shell of a thing that's just fighting for survival in Future Trunks. You know what I mean? Exactly. He doesn't have that same... He's not terrified, which is great. He's not traumatized. He's not, you know, broken from experience. But I think at the same time, that also made him more of the kid character, which I think like a lot of, I guess at that point, people were afraid of the kid joining in the, in the series. I don't mean the kid as though a specific kid. I mean the stock of the kid, the stock character, the kid. You know, the young, immature, everyone else is more adult, everyone else is more mature, and he's like this little... I don't know. Like, I think I, 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 I'd have to upset. disagree with that one, though, only because Gohan's been that kid character. Mm. And now we finally hit a point where it's like, well, 12-year-old little Gohan just defeated Sal. We're going to jump seven years into the future. 
we know that we're going to have Trunks around because he's already been established in this timeline, you know, being mm-hmm. the little baby. Um, let's, let's give him Goten so that way he's got somebody to bounce off of. Like you said, he's like a natural mm-hmm. kind of foil and like an extension of Goten. The only reason mm-hmm. we get to see little Trunks as often as we do is because he's typically palling around with Goten. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's actually like a perfect like way to set them up at the beginning of the Boo saga because, and we were saying, we were talking about mm-hmm. this exact thing mm-hmm. before we started to record one thing, Dragon Ball Z always did yeah. in Dragon Ball always did particularly well is time skips and then reestablishing things in this new, you know, setup of the story and the relationship between the characters after this, um, you know, period of time is, is skipped over. When we get the seven year skip from Cell to Boo, seeing grown up trunks, okay, or I shouldn't say grown up trunks, but eight year old trunks. Mm-hmm. And now we get this new character of Goten, and a lot of what you see in early Z is just them kind of palling around, dicking around as little kids would do, as you would expect them to do. But mm. very quickly, because Goku is, you know, in his uh, off-world dead capacity, only back for a very short time, uh, Vegeta does what he does, uh, Gohan is absorbed. Like, all of these things happen where Gotenks need, or Goten and Trunks are the only ones available to be able to step up. Mm-hmm. And they get the fusion dance training. And Gotenks, you know, the seven-year-old or the eight-year-old combined into this powerful Super Saiyan 3 character, they're greater than the sum of their parts. Um, obviously, individually keeping them around as kids would be tough to do because there's two of them. Also kind of a little annoying, I think it, it would <laughs> get annoying. Gotenks as a character mm-hmm. is, is, is kind of annoying. but He's it, a tough one, I think. Yeah. Attitude. Yeah. But, but attitude in the way that doesn't work as well because it's just so much sass but also it's frustrating watching it because the whole the whole Gotenks element doesn't resolve the plot of the Boo saga it does feel very much like Akira Toriyama had his cool idea wanted to use it but didn't know how to tie it in with the resolution of the arc not that it isn't cool and one of the best parts of the whole arc but it's it feels auxiliary 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 it feels yeah, yeah, it feels extra. Yeah, <laughs> it feels extra extraneous. You can just say it. That's cool. It's extra. It's extra. But what's funny is it, it's less extra strange enough than Vegito, which I think is the standout fusion of the whole arc and feels much more narratively tied in with the whole everything. And it's funny because Boo is, I don't know, there's a lot of elements in the Boo saga that don't really add up to the final resolution of the plot, which is ultimately the spirit bomb blows up Boo. Yep. But it's so memorable and that's telling me and it tells you something it's memorable even though it ultimately doesn't serve a real function in the narrative not a point it deserves a point but not a function in the resolution and i think it's memorable because people love it it's a cool idea it's so freaking cool it's so cool to the point that i mean i would argue that the fusion patara or fusion dance or otherwise is probably the most noteworthy thing to come out of the the boo saga in its entirety mm-hmm. like there there was an entire video game called dragon ball z fusions because mm-hmm. fusion is such a compelling part of this of this world you know what i mean exactly. and having these two little kid characters who are, you know are the second or the second son of goku the first son of vegeta having them able to be you know contributors to the plot or to like even if the plot is they're just trying to buy time until Goku or Vegeta can get back to help handle mm-hmm. things 
the fact that they were involved was cool and it kind of brought a different element to it. It wasn't always just the, like, uh, you could liken it to somebody like Piccolo or Tianxin Han with, uh, holding down imperfect cell in that hole, mm. the triangle shaped square hole. It's great. He, uh, has this whole plight where he's like, you know, I know that I'm not strong enough to do this, but whatever, I'm probably going to die. I'm, I'm here to sacrifice and, and do the right thing here. Goten and Trunks, while we all know that these kids should not be in a position to be able to handle it, A, they can probably get a few good licks in, and they don't have mm -hmm. that, like, somber, I'm going to die disposition, especially after they fuse. Like, if they fuse, they're mm -hmm. all about whooping some ass and talking a lot of smack, and that's one of my favorite things, I think, about, um, it's just, not, not Gotenks as a character, but, like, the switch mm -hmm. in dynamic. Like, it's not always, like, a, a noble sacrifice. All of a sudden, you have this, like cocky little kid character who's coming in with a different kind of bravado we ultimately know he's going to get his ass whooped but it's in a different kind of fun way mm -hmm. exactly and i will say this also the fusion with gotenks has one of the coolest attacks in all of dragon ball the uh super ghost, the kamikaze, super ghost attack. kamikaze attacks oh yeah, yeah. of course you know, you know what i'm saying everyone's gonna say that yeah no super ghost kamikaze attacks one of the most unique fun cool attacks in all of dragon ball it's so unique and different it's great and also i'll point out one more other thing um when, you know, years later, shows would take inspiration from the fusion element of Dragon Ball, they'd take inspiration from the fusion dance. They wouldn't show the... They, give me an example. There's uh, the cartoon Steven Universe, for example. That show also does fusion. But they don't Go on, plug my in friend. earrings. They, they, <laughs> they, do their, they do their, like, friggin', like, stylistic dance numbers to get the fusion set up. You know, every fusion is them dancing in some different way. And that's a direct reference to Dragon Ball Z. Like that's it's directly literally from, like a choreographed yeah. ballroom dance routine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a literal fusion dance and it's entirely done because of Dragon Ball Z and because the element was so memorable because Gohan, Go, Gohan, Goten and Trunks' fusion was so iconic and so like, I don't know. It's one of the biggest takeaways from that arc. But there is ultimately the problem that after Z, Goten and Trunks never really had their combined potency after that arc. I don't think they ever had that element of... Because, of course, G there's GT and then there's Super. And in both series, I think they kind of wasted both characters to an extent. Even though GT took the really cool ideas developed at the time skip of Z, at the end of, of uh, the Boo Saga, when they skipped 10 years ahead, and they showed Goten and Trunks in a place that makes sense, but wouldn't be the first thing you'd think they'd go. You know, Trunks is now ready to inherit his mom's company. Goten is flirting with all the ladies, you know, going on, going on dates, you know. These aren't the places you'd expect Goten and Trunks to be in if you were just watching the Boo arc, but it also makes complete sense that they'd be here. You know, it's not your first guess. But it makes complete sense when you, even if you don't even stop to think about it, if you just look at it, oh yeah, they would do that. <laughs> that would be yeah, where they are. A little bit. What I think what drives me bananas about the way that they're used in Super versus uh, Dragon Ball Z, and, it, and you're right, the fact that we already have some implications of how they eventually grow up to be because of how, you know, the 10 year time skip at the end of Dragon Ball Z, what we've seen them go on to be in Dragon Ball GT, uh, mm -hmm. Trunks the businessman, Goten the ladies' man, respectively. I think knowing those things, we maybe sort of had an idea of like what they're going to continue to do now that they're in that same um, mm -hmm. 
window of their lives where they just finished fighting, you know, Majin Buu and, you know, being a um a pretty considerable contribution toward that battle. Mm-hmm. How are they going to continue to play into the fold before eventually, you know, they're kind of going to break off from being a fighter? Maybe we're going to get to be able to see them start to become less interested in fighting and protecting the earth and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of get to watch that progression happen, which I would be okay with if that was the case. If Goten and if Goku's like trying to, you know, guilt Goten into training all the time and he's like, hey, we need to go out there, you're getting soft, kid. And he's like, you know, no, I need to go talk to my girlfriend down the block. I would mm-hmm. be okay if I saw that. My problem with Dragon Ball Super and how they use Trunks and Goten is... Somebody always fucking brings it up. Hey, what about those kids? Remember that time they fought Majin Buu? That was wild, right? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild. They're kids, though, so let's just leave them at home. <laughs> Where the fuck was that mentality last time? Why didn't you just send Piccolo off to go try to buy some time? No, you're yeah. sending your seven-year-old and eight-year-old off to go got... Mm. Don't Wait, tell you mean, me you what I do and don't want to see. You mean you don't send your children off to, to suffer the, the slings and arrows of people who can blow up planets? <laughs> you know what? If I had children... I would. Now that we had this conversation, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, just, just throw them in the throw them in the deep end. Throw them in the deep end of the uh the circumstances. That's good. <laughs> so we've got them in Z as, you know, contributors, and then Super, they're kind of just at best, um kind of uh mechanisms or, or, or little um pieces to move the plot forward. I'm sure there's a better mm. word that I couldn't just think of right now. Plot devices? There you go. Plot devices. Things to move the plot forward. Yeah, that's yeah. that sums up right there. Words and sadly, they roll. Yeah, words are my friend. So No, we're not any, doing any words today. No, fuck words. <laughs> and anytime that we have um, them actually show up and do the fusion dance, typically it's only to have them immediately defuse and have it be an example of, wow, they just smacked Gotenks right out of his GD fusion. This guy's really strong. They do that with Beerus in the first handful of episodes or the first movie. Uh, I believe they do that again with the copy Vegeta stuff. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a hand. There's a, at least two or three examples in Super where they just fuse solely for the sake of getting smacked and defusing immediately afterwards. They become Worf. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you explain? I know what you mean by that. I know that we've talked about it on stream. Oh, yes. That's the Tell tell the audience what they mean, man. What's warfing somebody? So warf is um, I was actually just watching Star Trek Next Gen before, actually. It's funny. So warf is one of the characters. You got to You got to have it with the, you know. No, so warf is um, one of the characters in Star Trek Next Gen. He's this Klingon who's basically like this, you know, warrior culture and always doing, you know, the, the honorable warrior thing and whenever there's a new physical threat they have to confront Worf is always the first one to dive in and fight it and then when they want to show this guy's you know World War and it's like a serious business they get show Worf getting his butt kicked um because he's the token badass everyone knows Worf is a badass you accept it but so when so if this guy beats Worf that means he's a real badass I think Worf gets beaten in fights more often than he wins them I think that's how badass he is. He Worf is yeah. so badass. He doesn't even have to win fights to be badass. That's how badass he is. Yeah, I, I, I I'm, th- I'm having trouble thinking of a, a bunch. Like, I mean, you know, there's a few times obviously come to mind, but like usually Worf gets beaten more. That's more significant to the plot than when he wins. Interestingly enough, it shows this guy is, is serious business. And so Goten's, sort of the, oh. 
that's sort of that role for Gotenks. Um, yeah. Have it done with Beerus. I think um, I think he he jumps in again during the Tagoma stuff and Revival of F uh, when they mm-hmm. work that whole thing out for the episodes, which is actually one of the only times where I felt like the anime did it better than the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of them recycling the movies, but I actually really liked what they did with Togoma's character. Mm. Uh, Tagoma. I haven't talked enough about him. And then the Ginyu stuff, working that in. I think I think that's why I liked it. Yeah, Ginyu worked, I think, too, especially. And I like how they use Ginyu. I don't know. I like Ginyu in general. I think he's an underrated villain. For sure. And, you know, think about it, man. Like, how many friends do you know who, uh, at their wedding, have done a Ginyu pose with their, uh, with their groomsmen? I know that I know at least three people who have done that. Oh, you know, we too have to many. Thank Captain too Ginyu many. I love that. it. <laughs> so, so it's more of a raccoon and uh, birder fan myself. <laughs> yeah, raccoon and birder were big tall men. Fastest in the go. universe. Sounded there worse than I meant it. So with um, Gotenks basically just getting his ass handed to him. And I think Gotenks is just a more convenient way to refer to Goten and Trunks collectively. So I'll probably go back and forth between Goten and Trunks and Gotenks, even mm-hmm. though I mean, I may mean an unfused Gotenks. Mm-hmm. Um, with Trunks Goten had some Trunks. good stuff in the early bits, too, with my, I thought. Yeah. That was interesting. Want to know? Weird. I thought it was interesting. When we, we connected earlier, you know, you'd said something about Trunks is sort of like the extension of Goten. Like you give Goten or you give Trunks to Goten so that way Trunks can still be around in the story. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Super kind of pushed Goten to the back a lot in favor of some Trunks stuff between future Mai and then Mai getting wished back to young little girl status, which is a whole other creepy level thing I don't really want to talk yeah, about. She's still a f- woman in her 40s being with a very young. And plus, you know, Mai is in her 40s in the main timeline. If the future timeline happened, then Pilaf wouldn't have gotten the Dragon Balls and wished themselves the same age as Goku, which means that much like in the um, the GT timeline, Mai would be like in her like 80s or something, or not 80s, but like her 50, 60s or 70s. I think I think Trunks is probably in his late 20s, early 30, 30s, betting a woman mm-hmm. in her late 40s and early and or early 50s. Well, she's she's in her 40s when Go and Trunks is like, you know. Seven. Oh, yeah. Math is hard. All right. That's mm-hmm. one thing I will lead with. I'll <laughs> also lead with maybe she got wished back young in a different way. I mean, actually, I, I told you um, for prepping for this episode today, I watched the last three episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Bulma does make reference in there, just like she does in the new, latest Broly movie, about how she wants to use the power of Shenron to be able to wish herself a little bit younger. Maybe mm-hmm. Mai was a little, you know, early to that trend. Maybe she had already uh, figured out a way to collect the Dragon Balls herself without Emperor Pilaf realizing and wishing her ass young once every five to ten years. What's that British comedy where the young guy is with the um, the very older, much, much older woman? Is like something in Maud? Couldn't something... tell you. You're so much more cultured yeah. than I am. <laughs> no, no. It, it's, a, it's a very famous movie. I'm just drawing a blank on it. Oh, it's going to bug me now until I Google search on my phone, pretending, uh, pretending the phone isn't under the screen right now while I try to... Are you um, thinking of The Graduate? You're not thinking of Harold, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. Harold okay. and Maude. So it's about British a British film. man banging a, a mm-hmm. British MILF. Yeah, and he's like in his... Well, no, it's more like a gilf. Ooh, gilf. Nice. Oh, yeah, got some gilf action there. She's like, He's like 20 years old, and 
he's like 20 she's 80 so whoa (laughs) oh yeah you ever seen this movie oh you gotta that's it's it's a it's a classic i wonder if that's the movie that they make fun of in the office have you watched the office or no oh years ago not not long enough to give you there's an episode in the office where pam and jim are trying to like download pirated movies and they become friends with Andy or like are friendly to Andy because he knows how to do it. And they're mm-hmm. watching this film the whole time. Meanwhile, Jim and Pam are to like having a conversation about how Pam's dad and mom are getting divorced. But it's while they're watching this movie about and it's Jack Black who plays like the young guy and he's mm-hmm. dating this woman in her fucking 80s or whatever in this weird romantic comedy kind of thing. <laughs> and there's this scene where like she decides she's all set with him and then just hits her. The button on her, uh, the the thing that takes her up the stairs along the wall track. You know what? What the heck are those things called? Yeah, yeah, like those little transportation things. Yeah. And he just like you know does the slow. No, stop the button. Push the button. (laughs) I wonder if that's the movie that they're making fun of now that you just uh, gave me that outline. Probably, probably that and Shallow Hal at the same time. If we have Jack Black in it, <laughs> one of the most uh, uncomfortable films I've ever, I've ever rewatched in the last during quarantine. Oh, you rewatched it recently. Does not hold up well. Oh, and nothing about it holds up. That's a movie that like every single component of it is wrong. Like in, in ways you didn't think were uncomfortable until you watch it again. And you're like, oh, no, I remember no. going to the movies on like a Friday night when I was in middle school to see that thing. Yeah, yeah when you're in middle school, it's okay. But then you watch it like as an adult and you have life experience and you're like, oh no, I see what you're trying to do. But Is it the general oh, premise no. that you're having a problem with? The idea the, that he everything. sees a hot chick inside of a fat girl's body? or oh, It's every joke, every line, every comment. It, it, was, it was one of those movies where like watching it again, I'm like, oh no, everything is wrong here. Like, hey, I'm Jason Alexander coming off fucking Seinfeld. I haven't made a movie for like a long time. Haven't worked much, but Jack Black came calling with shallow hell. (laughs) It's funny because I like Jason Alexander and Jack Black in movies. Like they're usually pretty great. It's just first off, Gwyneth Paltrow as the desirable person is already up. After after knowing about Goop, I'm like I'm like going out and putting up. I don't think I know. I don't think I know what Goop is, and I don't know if I want to ask. Oh no! And uh, what's the Anthony Robbins? Is that the self help help guy? Oh, like Tony, after, Tony Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Oh. Tony Robbins. There we go. I after forgot that motherfucker the, was in that movie. Oh. Yeah, he's 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 the main. Uh, he he helps them figure out how to find a good girl. You know, after after those um. Do you <laughs> think Tony Robbins had anything to do with the financing and production of that film? Oh, I have. A, I'm sure they. I'm sure they. He had some ad deal going into that because that's like. Oh, they really hmm. amp up how Tony Robbins self-help guy, you know, you're like a magical self-help guru. I'm like, <laughs> lawsuits. I mean, that could just that could just be like a really early version of somebody, quote unquote, embracing the meme. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like he understood they that took he was seriously like, back then. I mean, they liked him back then. That's the funny thing. But now it's like what movie? What year was that? Like 2002, 2003, 2002, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I always equate Tony Robbins a little bit more to the 90s, and by that point, he'd have been, like, a caricature of himself, and he'd be like, yo, Mm. I'll take a couple million bucks to make fun of myself on set for a few days with Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow. That's cool. That'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah, but he's more making fun of Jack Black in that one, which is a strange thing. And then, you know, all the fact that all the jokes are just, like, at the expense of, like, the people who they're making jokes about and not, like, 
Not Jack the expense Black of fat and, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Or they're making fun of the, the you know body sizes and not like the fact that Jack Black is playing a totally shallow character. I'm getting sidetracked on this. I shall how shallow. Really, how. You know what though? Oh, no, it needed movie, to be discussed. The I under- way watching I, again. I understand that we just took a sharp right turn away from our buddies Goten and Trunks, but I was hanging out yesterday, uh, listeners, with Mike Norm and Jimmy. And we put on a Dragon Ball playlist that we've had on SoundCloud for a long time. And I remembered there's a Goten and Trunks theme. So in order to get us back on track for the Goten and Trunks conversation, I'm just going to hum a couple bars of that real quick to get us back in the mood. Oh Ready? Boy. That's the beginning of it. I'm not going to sing the words because it'll probably sound racist and a poor attempt at Japanese. but. It's a fun song. Maybe I just dropped mm. in the music for the podcast listener. Did you know we're a podcast YouTube watcher? <laughs> Singular? Uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts at your Spotify. <laughs> I guess my shallow hell discussion scared them all. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, so they are bastardized in Dragon Ball Super. They're mm. just smacked around. They're warped. Warped up. See, warped mm. as a as a verb, past tense verb sounds weirdly sexual. I don't know if we Strange. should keep saying it. Yeah, warped. Oh. Warped them up. You know. Those eyebrows, yeah. I saw the eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't of, not do that. I'm sorry. You're opening yourself up to that one. <laughs> yeah, no, eyebrow eyebrows are good. So one of mm. uh the easiest ways that they could have started to correct the Goten and Trunks thing for super was when they're doing this 10-team recruitment piece before the Tournament of Power. They have the conversation. Mm. And you know what? Honestly, in retrospect, I'm okay with trading in Goten and Trunks on that team to have Frieza and Android 17 on that team instead. But even then, their Mm. function in that arc is essentially, you're going to go off to this island, Minotaurus Island, and you know sub in for 17 so we can come fight with us for two hours. And that's it. Um... I do like, though, that Marin, uh, Trunks and 18's daughter, sort of did get added in as like a little, you know, third member to the trio there. Um, that's pretty mm-hmm. cute. But that, that's basically the extent of it. You could have very easily, um, you know, put them in as a contender for the, the, the Tournament of Power, especially considering Fusion wasn't off limits, uh, as we saw with Kefala. Um, and they, they'd have been, mm-hmm. I'd like to think, probably more relevant, at a minimum, just as relevant as Master Roshi was on that team. Oh, yeah, easily. I think the thing with Tournament of Power is they wanted, wanted to go with all the legacy characters. They wanted to go with a character from every major arc who was introduced. So I get why Seventeen was in. I get why they wanted to bring him in, because Seventeen's an iconic character from that point of the series, and there's no one else really from that point of the series who they can draw that's uniquely the Cell Android Saga. So Seventeen makes, except for Eighteen, of course. Um, mm. I get that. Um, but Goten and Trunks just was a, a missed opportunity for them to really advance. And a lot of the problem with the Tournament of Power is that a lot of the reoccurring characters went back for this arc. A lot of the development was just repeating what they had already gone through in, in Z, recycling. This was a chance for Goten and Trunks to really develop on their own and become dynamic characters in and of their own right. And they really didn't. Yeah, I, I I was I was actually just kind of doing the math in my head. Like, is there one from every major arc? But there there kind of really is. Maybe mm-hmm. save for Majin Buu, and the only reason he's not there 
Well, I guess, yeah, that's kind of the reason Boo isn't there. He falls asleep and then they have to go get Frieza in hell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, seeing Ultimate Gohan, quote unquote, Ultimate Gohan from that arc back involved in the Tournament of Power and that level of power is cool. Um, I don't know. I guess my biggest issue. Let's talk about. Besides the underutilization part, let's talk about the mm. fact that their appearance and their age, as it stands right now in the continuity and the canon, whatever the heck we're calling it, that doesn't make any fucking sense. They still appear to be mm. at or around the ages of seven or eight years old when you actually look at how much time has passed. They're actually in the vicinity of like 12, 13, 14 years old, and they haven't aged a bit. Yeah. What do you think? Why do, why do you think that's the case? I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear what you think on it first. I think, um, well, it's two things. One is that I don't think the Super Crew is as ex- experienced with time skips as they were with Z. Toriyama, we mentioned before, it was at a talent with, with time skips. He understood how to make every character take them where, where they were and put them in a kind of similar situation, but not quite. And in Z, with every time skip, the characters always look slightly different. You know, the uniform changed, or they looked taller. You know, with, with, um, with Dragon Ball, they... Goku always looked different, even. You know, with every time skip, he looked significantly different. He was taller, more muscular. He had a different outfit on, he had a different style in some fashion. Uh, Go to Gohan, especially, every arc looked different. He had a new haircut. He had a new um, physicality. Priorities were different. When you look at Goten and Trunks with their time skip, again, they look, they look their age. Um, I don't know if the guys working on Super really realize how old Goten and Trunks really are now. They, I think they're a little afraid to do their own thing with the character designs. Exactly. And they're kind of building off of the exact template left by Z because they know that's what works for them. And, I'm afr- and I fear that if they don't realize that Goten and Trunks are like preteens, then they're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities to really use these characters well because it's weird that they look like they're seven when they're twice that age, essentially. Yeah. At this point. I think you hit it, dude. I think you hit it right out of the gate. Because this is... We're, I say it a lot. I, I reference this talking point pretty frequently. But we're at a weird point with Dragon Ball Super when this series is airing. And that there's no preceding material to go off of. With the exception of the first 30-ish episodes off of those two movies. Mm. With Dragon Ball, there's a manga. Every time there's a time skip, like you said, Akira Toriyama does a great job at slightly updating, aging up his characters, whether that be through a different kind of outfit or they can just look, you know, like they are you know, a little bit older, a little bit more developed mm-hmm. from their training, whatever the heck the, the case is. Dragon Ball, it's all Goku. He does that several times with Goku. Dragon Ball Z, he does it, you know, four or five or six different times with Gohan. Like, Gohan is very much the barometer of Dragon Ball Z. You look at his character design and you know exactly what part of Dragon Ball Z that you're in. I think it was a missed opportunity to do a similar thing in Dragon Ball Super with Goten and Trunks. But it's like you said, it's because they were afraid to work off of the, you know, pre-established template, what they knew actually worked. 
it was um, a mm. way for them to try to continue to stretch. I mean, the fact that Dragon Ball Super is all supposed to take place between the end of Boo and the end of Z, it's a you know a finite def- you know uh, a finite amount of time. Stretch it as long as you can. Give me an arc like the Tournament of Power where you can you know squeeze forty episodes out of a day and a half in the canon time or whatever. There hasn't always been mm-hmm. a necessity to age up or um, you know, change the character designs for those characters, Goten and Trunks, whoever, to, to um, notate a, a hop or a skip in time. There, there hasn't always been a necessity for it. I think mm-hmm. that there, however, has been a missed opportunity for it. You could have had, in the same way, when Gohan shows up at the beginning of Z in his little you know, hat with the Dragon Ball on it, when he goes mm-hmm. to Namek and he's in his Saiyan armor, when he comes back and he's in the Piccolo stuff, when he goes uh, and fights Boo and he you know, either has the blue gi or you know, the, the clothes that they make for him before he goes to fight Boo again. Like Every time you look at Gohan and Z, you know exactly where you are in Z. I could catch a random clip of Goten and Trunks from anywhere in Super and just be like, yeah... Uh, without any without any context and, and maybe not be sure from when it is like mm-hmm. they, they they missed an opportunity to, to age up gohan and excuse me goten and trunks to show that time has passed in this respective series and this is what we're working towards the end of z when they're adults and it it makes me so mad but i get it it's because akira toriyama is not there um you know calling the shots anymore in terms of the manga and giving them an outline to work off of they're Shooting from the hip, you know, working within the established boundaries. Mm-hmm. And they're scared to really explore how character design influences character. Because they have to realize, they know where it's going. They know we're going to have to get to Trunks being the CEO of Capsule Corp, essentially. Well, not CEO, but like rising in the ranks of Capsule Corp. Yeah. And you need to have Goten be a total ladies' man. And they need to get to that point and both characters look physically different by the time they get there. They have to start making the transition. And it's like designing the Charmeleon when you have a Charmander and a Charizard. The middle awkward phase is the most awkward as hell kind of thing you can do. How do you draw a character? How do you create a character who's going through the awkward puberty phase of their character development? No, it's I messy just... and uncomfortable and it's hard. I and love putting that. I love the Charmeleon thing that you just put oh. on that. That's a great point. From going oh, yeah. from cute little Charmander to big badass Charizard, you got to have that awkward mix of the two in between. Oh yeah, um, and very few haunters ever show up. <laughs> yeah, right. Never that lucky. No, um, no, never. Here's and while you were just saying that, I'm like, yeah. How do you show that? I would love to see, like in, in Dragon Ball Super, one of the the few things that I can consistently say about it, and we'll always praise it for. They do slice of life episodes pretty good. Mm. Their their one off slice of life stuff is is pretty funny. Like, I, yeah, Dragon Ball Z is not a very funny series for the most part. Dragon Ball Super is a fucking hilarious series, and I don't know if you guys know me from listening to the podcast. I like to laugh, so when you can put some effective action and effective comedy together into um, one series. It's a winner for me. That's why I always prefer OG Dragon Ball over Dragon Ball Z. I think that's why Super resonated a little bit more positively with me than it did people who may be more hardcore about Dragon Ball Z. But, like, give me a Slice of Life episode where Goten meets, like, his first girl that, like, gives him that tingle, that Peter tingle, you know, where he's like, 
I think I want to go approach that girl and have him have like a nice tender moment with Chi Chi where Chi Chi coaches him up to go approach the girl and, you know, give her a compliment mm-hmm. about how she's cute or, or whatever. Or show me an episode where Trunks, you know, eight year old kid, I guess, even though he's 14, he's still eight. Show me something that uh, shows me that he's, you know, got an entrepreneurial spirit and that it's only, you know, a, um, a matter of time until he takes over Capsule Corp or that he, mm. too, is a tech genius like his grandfather and mother before him. Mm. Um, Super could have very easily given me a one off filler episode where either one of those two were the, the subject of the episode. And I'd have been like, hell, yeah. All right. Now I'm kind of saying. And now I see how they kind of progress down that road. But like, it was just easier for them to ignore them and not do that at all. Mm. What's interesting is that trunks, um, they used in three different ways in the whole in super. They use him and my, which is interesting because, yeah. you know, go, go, go 10 is the ladies man, but trunks is the only one who gets a girlfriend basically with most of super. Um, they use trunks in comparison to his future counterpart to show how different the child is from the adult love that which is which is great but it it, it furthers future drunks development not kid drunks development which is interesting it it furthers uh, the development of a little bit a little bit but you know hmm, what dude there, yeah, are certain, there are certain scenes especially i don't remember what episode it is off the top of my head i'll guess it's somewhere in like the the late 40s early 50s of dragon ball super but there the ending scene is the two of them talking about how different their lives have been and then they kind of like float up above i can i have the picture burned into my brain of them like looking out over west city on the horizon mm-hmm. and it's like a really cool heartwarming uh moment it kind of gave me vibes mm-hmm. of and it's it's obviously different because it's an older version of this same person but mm-hmm. it kind of gave me like a tapion vibe like he wanted like an older brother type to look up to a little bit and he mm-hmm. has like the older brother type and this older badass future version of himself who comes from the hell world <laughs> Uh, that's fair that's fair i, I kind of like that I a little bit for that, little kid trunks um but other than yeah. that i don't know that's only, probably my favorite use of him there's only one other thing they use him for i think and that's to further vegeta's character further one or of the best scenes with further or recycle a part of Vegeta. you could say further in episode two when he takes him to the amusement park it makes good on that promise that he makes in Majin Buu arc. <laughs> But, yeah, I was thinking of that specifically early oh, on. They, sorry to, they, sorry they, to they kick they the air the load. <laughs> Oh, no, it's fine. I, I see how it is. I see how it is. I got you. No, man. but got... that's the gist of it, really. They really do blow their load, so to speak, with Trunks very early on. Most of the best stuff with Kid Trunks and with Goten is done in the recycled stuff for the movie. To, to pad that out. Yeah. I think in I, Super, anyway. Again, and it's only because it's like to pass um, in the movie scenes and in the anime too. Um, them being the ones poking around, being real mischievous and looking for the dragon balls and the prize stuff, and it's they're really only there as like background characters at best, and just like convenient mm. little what's that word? Things that move the plot along. <laughs> plot devices. Uh, they're just plot devices to be able plot to cover devices. up for certain things, like the um. Also, the conduit to that whole, not that it's really an arc within Dragon Ball Super, but the copy Vegeta thing, um, them like Mm. sneaking on to Monica's space delivery spaceship um, to like make that happen. Like they're like the spark to get a story started or to the next part. Um, I don't know if plot devices, I feel like that's too much credit given to them, but. 
I don't mm. know. They're just not used consistently enough or in a way that contributes to them at all um, or contributes to the no. development of their character at all. But knowing that Goten eventually grows up to be this ladies' man who hates fighting, Trunks mm. grows up to be this you know great businessman who takes over you know mm. as president, I assume, of Capital Corp. Or something, when, something like that, at least. Who's geared up to it anyway? Well, I, yeah, the other thing, too, now that I'm thinking about it, we haven't, I, and I know you and I talked about it today, you're not caught up on all of the Moro arc yet, but we're probably going to talk slowly. about it. Probably going to talk about it next month. Um, me yeah. and you, possibly. But I don't really think Goat, I, I could be wrong off the top of my head, because this has gone on now for upwards of 20 effing chapters. No joke. The moral arc, mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, will be one of the longest arcs in Dragon Ball Super when the anime comes back. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of opportunity oh, yeah. to pad out with filler material. Each chapter, each month could very easily be between three to four episodes in and of themselves uh, if you chunk mm-hmm. them out. So um, I say all of that to say Goten and Trunks really have not played a role in the moral arc to this point. And I don't know what the story is going to do after the moral arc concludes. But Mm. in a perfect world where we have the ability to, you know, utilize these two characters more, how would you like to see Goten and Trunks used when Super, when they do get their opportunity to come more into the story in Super? How would you like to see them used? that helps move them toward what we're led to believe they become based off of the end of Dragon Ball Z. I would like to see them, uh, for one, diverge. Do you want them to I be really, fighting I, more? Do you want them to like go off and do their own kind of like sitcom-based trope stuff like I outlined before where Trunks makes a lemonade stand? It's interesting. I want to see them get stuck in a situation that they have to deal with on their own. And each one of their unique skill sets is able to solve a situation where it's not just them working together as like one collective unit, but rather as two separate mutually independent, but beneficial together characters. Because I feel like with a lot with, with Goten and Trunks, they've never had a chance. So what I'm hearing is we need to find them in a situation in which they, they can't do the fusion dance. Yes. Or in some way they have to work separately to solve a problem. And maybe fusion dance to solve, to beat some bad guy or something like that. Like even like a little, even if it could be like the, I don't want to compare it to the, um, the clone Vegeta arc, because that's not a good example necessarily of the structure of the arc. It's but not. And I actually thought that's, that's exactly what like they that. were trying to do when copy Vegeta arc started. Yeah. Yeah. But something that's functionally different from a narrative standpoint, but still puts Goku, Goten and Trunks on their own. And you can always have the idea of someone else trying to get to them in some way. Or maybe a, a villain is like fighting Vegeta or Goku or whatever, so they can't get to them in time. But they're in a, a unique position where they can su- make a big contribution to the conflict's resolution. And it really highlights their characterization up until this point, or maybe shows how they're diverging as characters from what they used to be. Something that shows them going, growing up. I don't think we need necessarily the Gohan moment where, you know, Gohan beats the big bad of the arc and in a moment that highlights his characterization. But we need something that shows that these both, that both Goten and Trunks are growing as characters, especially Goten, because he is in desperate need of more 
independently driven narrative stuff, because unlike Trunks, who at least has his future counterpart, Goten feels very much left behind throughout all of Super. Even more so than Trunks, I think. Yeah, which is weird because, uh, you know, a big part of Trunks' character in Super, or not even, excuse me, not in Super, a big part of Trunks' character in Z, Little Kid Trunks, mm-hmm. is that he's kind of jealous that Goten has got this big older brother to be able to hang out with and learn things from. And even though mm-hmm. we all know Future Trunks is one of the top five forever characters in Dragon Ball history, um, mm-hmm. Little Kid Trunks having that tie to him is always probably going to make people favor Little Kid Trunks a little bit more than Goten, I think, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I just think that the creators of Super, again, them not being, um, you know, going off of Toriyama manga exclusively in terms of the, you know, pre-existing story and kind of shooting from the hip in a lot of ways. I think those people preferring to stick to Trunks-based interactions or Trunks-based kind of stories when those two characters do come up and kind of just have Goten be the little tag along and have it more be about Trunks. I think it makes all the sense in the world, seeing as we are, you know, in that generation now where people who work on Dragon Ball probably grew up, you know, consuming Dragon Ball. I loved Goten when I first met him as a character and I was like, yeah, it's like little kid Goku again. I love this. But I could see how Trunks could have that same kind of appeal and like long-term affection from uh from a fan base and maybe the people who work on super when they're you know considering what stories they do and don't want to tell maybe there's kind of automatically predisposition to focus more on trunks over goten Mm, exactly and i think that's the thing i think that goten needs more moments just to shine as a character because i feel like so far he's really i don't know they haven't done enough with him He's Even the dumb in little Z, brother. They didn't do it. Exactly. Even in Z, they didn't do a whole lot with him. At best. So the, yeah, at best. And it's funny because GT doesn't either. GT also really favors Trunks over Goten by a lot. But oh even yeah, GT, by so much that that Trunks is actually a main character in GT, and Goten is very much relegated to background duty. Exactly. But Same even in idea. GT, they felt yeah. But even in GT, they felt different, like different characters, and not like. Those two guys, they felt like they had diverged enough to be independent people. I don't like how GT did it because obviously Trunks became like the only character who mattered and Goten was like, who cares what happens to him? But I feel like what GT did do correctly. What GT did correctly. Wow, those are words. Um, <laughs> is they made them is they made them feel like unique people. They weren't just those two guys. They were Goten, and then they were Trunks. They were two separate people. I feel like Super needs to establish these are two separate characters and not just two people attached at the hip. We can just... Because even throughout all this, we, we just said, oh, Goten and Trunks. We never said Goten, period. Yeah. We said, go and, yeah, we said Trunks, period, but not Goten, period. So that's you, a problem. You just fucking opened up a hole. You just hit a vein for me, dude. Um, that's a great point. Yeah. Instead of having um, Goten have his slice of life moment where he goes and hits on a, a lady for the first time or have Trunks open up a lemonade stand or whatever. I want to see the episode where they just break off and go do their own things, but yeah. like make the conscious decision to go break off and do their own things. And we get to see them become like their own characters. Here's the thing. 
keeping mm-hmm. them as little kids, seven, eight-year-old kids, it's always going to be easier to pair up the stupid two little idiot kids together and just put them off into the corner, have them do their joke, and that be the end of it. Mm-hmm. If you actually let them age up to where they are in the canon, 13, 14 years old, around that approximately, you could have two new individual characters to bring into the fold of like this ever-increasing power creep thing that Dragon Ball has going on. Why not do that? Um, but that was all a long way to say. You just mm-hmm. sparked a cool little memory. Um, you said one of the things that GT got right, mm-hmm. and I, I paused because I think GT did a lot of cool, fun things. Um, they did, they did. <laughs> people people shit like on a- GT a little too much, but there yeah. is this one part of GT that kind of perfectly lends itself to what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Or in my brain it does. I, um, I can't remember exactly when it is. I want to say... It's during the Super 17 arc, maybe, mm. when a bunch of the you know dead villains have since broken out of hell. And um, I think it's like Goten is fighting somebody and he gets fucked up. He's like out on a date and then he gets like his ass beat and Trunk shows up and saves him. And like they have this little, rac- little interaction. All they say to each other after the ass whipping is all like taken care of is, mm. yo! That's it. Yo. And then they kind of, you know, <laughs> Hey, you know, you, it, it's a, it's a scene where it's like, I know that we have been best friends for forever and I still have your back so much to the point that I just showed up and saved your ass last minute, but I haven't seen mm. you in like five or 10 years, but yo, <laughs> like let them diverge and, and, to, and become their own separate characters. That's, oh, mm. that's, that's what your point just made me think of is that scene. Um, I need to figure out what episode that is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, is that right before they, uh, Super 17 even shows up? I think it's like right leading right up to that, I think, it when might they all be. escape from hell. It all might the bad be guys that. escape from hell. Um, yeah, let them, let them go on, on, on different paths already. Let's, let's, let's break them up. They can still get together <laughs> and fuse every once in a while when a threat really, you know, because that's, even when like you see them, because every once in a while you'll see a Dragon Ball Heroes clip where it's like older Mm -hmm. Gotenks fusing together, and you're like, oh, even an older age, they're still fusing up. That's okay. Like, they're the kind of characters who... It's kind of like the commonly discussed trait of their characters, that they they don't take things very seriously in terms of their training. They know that their dads are there to bail them out if things get ugly, uh, like a true entitled rich kid Mm -hmm. does. What's up, Donald Trump? Saw your taxes. Um, Oh, God. Yeah, what a fucking idiot. $100 million in back taxes there. Bro, the the first year of his motherfucking presidency, he filed $750. He he paid $750 as the president of the United fucking States. Every stupid asshole. I had to pay more taxes at my college. I had to pay more taxes at my dumb college job, let alone. (laughs) Every stupid asshole who says, oh, but he's contributing his salary to people who have drug problems. Hey, that's great. The president's salary is about half a million dollars a year. Contributing half a million dollars a year when you are a self-proclaimed, self-made, quote-unquote, billionaire, half a million dollars is not even a drop in the fucking bucket. So that's number one in terms of throwing that argument out. Number two is this motherfucker paid less taxes in the last two years. Oh my, $1,500 over the course of two years while you are literally the president of the United States. 
College students with no money in their bank account spend more money in their taxes than Donald Trump did in the last 15 years. I just freaked the fuck out. All right. Sorry, guys. You guys know I'm good for one every every single podcast. Listen, I just want Goten and Trunks to get their due. It's cool yes. that future Trunks came back for Dragon Ball Super and got to interact with an older little kid Trunks. That's literally one of my favorite parts of Dragon Ball Super is watching that cool interaction when we get to see it. Let's, uh, you know, let little kid Trunks work toward future. Tr- like, adult Trunks is the one everyone likes. Let's mm-hmm. let Trunks age up toward that same vicinity and let him yeah. be a badass too, maybe. Who knows? And plus now he's met his future self, so he has a sense of Of how cool comparison. he could be. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's is an gr- interesting... T- do you think, all right? So obviously GT... And this is another suggestion that we got. I don't know if I told you this one, mm-hmm. but it's the idea of establishing Super Saiyan 4 into the Dragon Ball Super canon with the God transformations mm-hmm. and how does SSJ4 come in, right? Mm-hmm. We got to go with the assumption that it probably won't happen in GT as like its own little what-if universe, no, right? No, yeah. But we know how Trunks develops in the GT universe. And we've probably had some you know, conceptions about how he would develop in Dragon Ball Super before we knew that he would meet future Trunks from the Hell timeline. Mm-hmm. But that's a thing that I've never really considered. Now that he's met Trunks from the future Hell timeline, maybe he'll be like, dude, I know how badass I am from this different dimension. Granted, it was out of necessity because my dad was murdered and so was everyone Mm -hmm. else that I know and love. But I know that the potential exists within me to be that fucking cool. Mm. Do you think maybe he'll make a concerted effort to be a better fighter? Or do you think he just kind of uh, defaults to I'm a lazy businessman uh, and I'm also the, the son of the richest woman in the world? I think it's going to be the aspiring to be badass um, trope. And it's interesting because this, this discussion makes me think of um, a specific Marvel storyline. Um, there's a character who people have lots of strong opinions on named Carol Danvers, uh, Captain <laughs> Marvel. This is before she became Captain Marvel this happened. Um, in the 90s and 80s, Captain Carol Danvers underwent uh, several horrifyingly terrible events that just basically derailed her entire life and destroyed her entire self of self-confidence and any hope at becoming a anything more than a walking train wreck of a person until the event um house of m came along and in house of m that's where you know scarlet witch recreates reality to show this idealized version of what she wishes society was like no more in, mutants well that, that leads to that this is before that point that ends house of m Whoops. right before that carol danvers Oh, yeah, spoilers for House of M, a you know, 20-year-old storyline. <laughs> but during this arc, she encounters an idealized version, a Carol Danvers encounters an idealized version of herself who's basically like that universe is Wonder Woman. And this takes her and says, okay, listen, that could be this right now. I'm not living up to my potential. I'm going to try reaching that potential. And then the next arc, the next comic that featured her right after that, the Miss Marvel story comic, shows her making a concerted effort to become uh, as great as the version that you saw in this idealized future. What was the difference between the two carols? That, was it one had alcoholism and one didn't or what? Basically. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. one wasn't, 
uh, sexually that's assaulted. A, that's and a huge. That's a huge part. I don't. I don't think a lot of people who mm-hmm. only know Miss Mar- or Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers through the MCU know that a huge part of Carol Danvers' story is that she had a fucking fight with the bottle, like for the entirety. Oh. Like it's like she loved yeah. alcohol, and Rogue put her in a coma. Like those are the two things you need to know oh. that happened to Captain Marvel, like after 1985. <laughs> Yeah, after Avengers 200, that's the those are the two big things. Avengers 200 being the really screwed up one <laughs> that everyone tries to ignore ever happened. Oh, for the sexual, you, the sexual assault one. Yeah, got it. Yeah, the one the, where she's raped by an alien and then forced to being impregnated by said alien, and then gives birth to the alien that assaulted her. Wow, comics are freaking weird. <laughs> Keep your politics out of my comics, bro. Oh, How come all these SJWs want to put comics in my comics? Politics in my comics, bro. Whenever I see people say, oh, Carol Danvers was better before she was Captain Marvel, I'm like, well, was it when she was in the coma or when she was being like, or when she was Miss, Miss Marvel? Tortured. Right? <laughs> yeah, Miss Marvel. Well, she, was, she had like 20 different names for a while there. Miss Marvel, uh, Binary. There were a few different ones. Um, oh, yeah. When Binary was pretty cool, actually. actually. So she took on all the energy from the Kree star. She becomes the binary, right? Yeah, a giant black hole, radi- uh, anti-black hole radiant. It's cool stuff. I got some Dragon Ball Z stuff right there, Carol Danvers. Dude, we should, I don't know. We, well, Me and Ant were pitching around some podcast ideas that he and I are both respectively working on before we hit record. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. Just the idea of a general nerd geek podcast is something that I, mm. I flirt with quite a bit. There's so many of them that I don't think it would be worth doing, and I don't think I would do a particularly good job about talking about those things as I would say about a niche topic like Dragon Ball that I've been passionate about for you know 25 years. Mm. Uh, but that little exchange about talking about some of the fun shit that Carol Danvers, or not fun, some of the horrifying shit yeah, that Carol Danvers has twisted. been subjected to. Some the writers are just these writers had a real sick passion for torturing this poor character over 30 years keep your like politics it, out of my books bro you mean the books where um where they talk about like civil rights movement and uh yeah you mean like x-men <laughs> you mean like the book where the good guy was based on martin luther king and the bad guy was based on malcolm x oh x-men you mean the book- you ever read uh, God Loves, Man Kills? Like That's one of the most political books I've, comic books I've ever read in my life. I have not read that, no. Oh, no, it's a graphic novel. That's it's like, an it's like, X-Men story, though, right? Yeah, it's like 60 pages. You could read it in like an hour. It, it's which short. One is, which one is that one? I feel like I know. That's where they introduce the character Stryker, who's in a lot of the X-Men films, but the character in the comics is totally different. He's like a, like a priest. He's, he's basically if Mike Pence was an X-Men villain. Uh, is the best way of putting it fuck your new exchange programs here's some sentinels bitch basically like if you take mike phelps and mike phelps fred phelps and mike pence not not mike pence not mike phelps that's the swimmer um you take those two people together you combine them that's um that's striker essentially and it's like this televangelist who's rallies up these extremists who just kill mutants and it's uh draws a lot of parallels between cult like cultish uh, evangelical evangelical people and their promotion of bigotry and hatred. It's quite interesting. Oh, that's Great. weird. It sounds like what you're describing would be very relevant for a lot of people in America to read today. Oh yeah, <laughs> evangelicals. No, it's, 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 
utilizing their uh or or you are finding excuses to lean into their bigotry mm. yeah evangelicals i see you 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 stupid motherfuckers oh. i ended the last stream with yelling about nazis allow me to yell about evangelicals listen to evangelicals i understand that jesus seems to be like a pretty cool dude especially because you're white here's the thing about <laughs> jesus though he wasn't white he actually was kind of brown and oh, actually yeah. kind of fucked around with whores and lepers and um, you know, poor people, all the things that you hate. Hell, Here's the thing about Jesus. Oh. Do not continue to hide behind Jesus when Jesus literally would like be the guy that you hate at a fucking festival weekend because he smells like he hasn't showered in two weeks. Don't yeah, there's so much. shield yourself against that big lowercase T with the dead guy on top of it because you hate brown people. All right. That's just, it makes no fucking sense. It makes no it's sense. Funny, can... yeah. Go it's, ahead. I'm sorry. It's funny. Oh, I was gonna say it's funny how many people who love religion, or at least claim to, don't seem to actually have ever read the Bible and not seen it as just a bunch of quotes taken out of context. There's no, so I, many I passages watched, in the Bible. I watched the Bible. The Bible. It's, it's on. It's on PBS. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no funny, I'm just kidding. So I'm just kidding. They would no, never know, watch something on PBS. <laughs> No, of course not. That, that, PBS, that's themselves. socialism paid for by the government, man. Even though they it's have so commercials funny now. So many. Oh, actually, oh, they, they do. Oh my yeah. god, I've seen PBS in way too long. Neither oh have I, god. but but like Sesame it. Street moved to HBO and they had to take on advertising. Like that's that's what you need to know about PBS since the Trump administration took over. Yeah, they wanted to cut as much funding from those guys as possible. Like they only, like you know, if you see the Mister Rogers thing, where Mister Rogers had to go up to like. Like the, I forget what, what what committee it was, and like I think fight it was for the, PBS. I think funding. it was the FCC, maybe. Maybe it wasn't the FCC. Was FCC? I do know what you're talking it about, though. FCC yeah, it wouldn't make sense. FCC great. is about like compliance standards and stuff like that. But I do know what you're talking yeah. about and why it was important. Yeah, why was, the educational aspect was super important, especially with like latchkey kids in the fucking seventies and eighties. Yeah, Ugh. it's a whole Fred room Rogers. of cynical like politicians who love him. Yeah. Oh, in heartbeat, it's great. Fred Rogers standing up <laughs> to politicians. D. Rogers, D. Rogers, uh, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister standing up to politicians. Those are like two of my favorite celebrities who you'd never expect to go in and be a badass against, uh, you know, the Washington mm-hmm. elite who just go in and tear them a new asshole. I don't even like Twisted no. Sister or D. Snyder, but D. Snyder against that Tipper Gore thing in the 80s. That shit is fucking fascinating to dig into. Oh, um, yeah. and we have talked about so many fun things today that work. <laughs> Specifically, Goten and Trunks, but this has been a blast, man. Um, Goten and Trunks any... are open into topics. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They could lead you to um, Tipper Gore and D. Snyder. They could lead you to Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers having an alcohol problem. <laughs> they, they could lead you all over the place. Oh, yeah. Do you have any um, final uh, parting thoughts on Goten and Trunks before we wrap it up here that you wanted to get in? I do. I think Goten is a character who is one of the most underutilized characters in the entire series. I think of any character in the show, Goten is the one with the most potential to be developed in some unique ways. I think Trunks is a great character already. I think Goten could be a great character. And I think and that's the, the big thing that, it's know, It's Goku's other kid. I mean, you think about all the things they were able to do with Gohan. There's no reason they mm. couldn't try to do some similar stuff, at least make an attempt with Goten. Yeah, exactly. Goten just feels like it's in everyone's shadows. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. Because they could do so much with him, but just haven't yet and it's disappointing 
Well, hopefully they will, uh, you know, the people over at the Dragon Ball Room will see our stream here. They'll take some notes on how we feel they should better utilize these characters and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, write us up some drafts and we can get some, uh, get some approvals. So Ant and I try to do these discussions once a month on the YouTube. If you were able to join us tonight live or watching the video afterwards, thank you so much. YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. And again, we're compiling topic suggestions. Uh, the way we got a bunch of suggestions for tonight was through that new Facebook group we started. It's Dragon Ball Dash Roshi's Secret Stash. Because again, everyone always knows about his porn, but never about his weed or his memes. And I don't like that. So go join that group. Uh, get in the conversation with me and a bunch of my cool, super dope friends. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Make your suggestions there. Uh, a couple of things that we may have in future discussions. I already teased integrating Super Saiyan 4 into the canon. Um, maybe some other GT elements to recycle in the future. Um, my friend Bridget really needs uh, a Piccolo-specific episode. Uh, maybe about how oh. you know him and Dende and that Guardian of Earth uh, reciprocity, how that works. Um, yeah, we're doing an entire episode, but the driving episode. 14 Honestly, hours discussing him driving. Make it sound like <laughs> I haven't done an episode on the driving episode already. Oh. <laughs> uh, we already did go to the trunk, so I'll, I'll cross that one out. Old Broly versus new Broly. We had a ton mm-hmm. of good suggestions this week from that group, so go join it if you want to get into the discussion. Um, Dragon Ball Roshi's Secret Stash on the Facebook and uh Ant, where can people find your writings and check out your stuff man oh you can find me on cbr uh anime herald anime feminist uh some stuff on screaming and the mary sue um i have a lot of stuff on twitter that comes out i just babble on twitter all the time it's obnoxious and wonderful um Ant, Ant is a tremendous twitter follow not only because <laughs> a he's always talking about everything with everyone but also, every once in a while, he has to put some fucking chud in his place. <laughs> oh, God, no. My engagement alone is some guys. Ugh, I can't even. So, so you got engaged and some Nazi fuckface was like, I know where you live. Yeah, I'm like, okay, show up. Let's see what, let's see what you got. <laughs> Come on exactly. over. <laughs> exactly. Fucking show up. See what happens, Nazis. Seriously. You went quiet after that. It was strange. I don't know yeah, it's weird what happens when you're like, go ahead and end my life like you just threatened to do because I don't <laughs> fucking have much stock in it myself personally. They're like, whoa, you all right, bro? And I'm like, no, I'll literally fucking rip your ear off with my mouth like Mike Tyson did to Evander Holyfield, you ignorant piece of shit. All right, I'm done yelling I just, about I just, I just go simpler. I'm, I just go simpler. I'm like, yeah, let's show up. Come on, let's see it. Come on over. Yeah, you square know, up. Put, put, put the ball in their court. Give them the ball, and then they, they, they for some reason, don't toss it. It's strange. It's yeah, fun. that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm just going to start giving people my address and be like, hey, what's up? I'll wait outside for you. Word? Cool, yeah, yeah. see you when I Make see Make them you. do the hard work. Make them do the heavy lifting. They won't. I, mean, <laughs> I definitely had... I'm not going to get into how many people threatened my life in the last week. Uh, all right, that's going to do oh it for Dragon God. Ball. Super dope. See, my problem, Ant, is you do it on Twitter with like anonymous weirdos right? who won't oh, show yeah, up yeah. to your house. My problem is, is A, I'm 31, so I'm way more prone or apt to use Facebook than I am Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm in those around town groups. Oh and when my people God. say some stupid racist bullshit in an around town group, oh, if, I, yeah. if I can hold my tongue, I usually like just hang out to like, you know, laugh and like watch stupid people uh, get railed on by people, mm. you know, making, you know, dunking with the comments. But every once in a while, I can't hold my tongue. And then before you no, know no. it, I got people like 
threatening to neighbors hide in the trees out my house you know like, shooting with their fucking composite bow shit like that oh god oh, good that, times all right exhausting. so if all of those death threats that it and i get uh, on a fairly regular basis didn't just compel you to subscribe or go read his readings read his writings <laughs> make sure you do that my readings um, yeah go read his readings uh make sure you go read anthony's writings cbr.com mary sue anime feminist everywhere uh grimuglia but the g is silent i only say that because it kind of just helps for me um grimuglia mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, italian names are weird yeah italian names are the weirdest um make sure you rate and subscribe on apple podcast stitcher spotify uh subscribe on youtube where we do these streams uh, a couple times a month and yeah that's gonna do it for super dope thank you for checking it out i usually end the show by singing like a version of the theme song where i kind of try to synthesize maybe one or two things that happen during the duration of the conversation but i do it to the tune of limit break x survivor or at least the last few notes. But I don't know. I don't know what to do today. I, it's about Goten and Trunks. So, uh, and uh, Goten and Trunks not getting enough time. So, all right. This is like an improv exercise at this point for me now. Ready? Goten and Trunks, they got boned today. They got boned today, meaning they took a dick in their butt because my uh, humor is perpetually 10 years old. And that's going to do it for Super Derp. We'll see you next week. We release these every Wednesday. And we so appreciate you uh, taking the time to check it out. And we love you, buddy. Thank you, man.